When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Friday to you and yours. Glad we made it. Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. We taped this show on Thursday. I'm wearing the same clothes uh, that I wore on yesterday's show. It's because we taped this show on Thursday. We're having and shooting a special uh, COVID injury show. Today on Friday, we have a lot of tremendous uh, guest here in Nashville. It's taken about three or four hours to shoot this COVID injury show. We're going to air that COVID injury show on Tuesday. And so we got back into the lab on Thursday to put out some content for you today on Friday. And so that many of the female viewers would have the opportunity to look at me and to just admire how good I look with my dyed hair and uh, my rugged, natural good looks. So, you know, I didn't want to, to do a show, but so many women requested that, you know, I have to come on five days a week. I agreed to take this extra show. It's going to be a tight show. We're going to talk about uh, inflation. And, and I saw a video over TikTok, and I believe we have, we have this video, don't we, Justin? of a woman on TikTok talking about the price of groceries and inflation and what's going on uh, with her and her partner. They make a combined $120,000, but they're living check to check. And it's an issue I wanted to talk about. We've seen Cardi B talk about it. We've seen a lot of people talk about it, but I wanna first play uh, the video of the woman on TikTok kind of encapsulating I think what's going on with a lot of people around America. Y'all, tell me why. Just why am I still living paycheck to paycheck? Why? 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 My job pays like a, a decent amount of money, like very median, very average. But like, I should be able to live on this. This is a good salary. Good salary. Not anymore, bitch. Not anymore. <laughs> Like, I've started to dread going to the grocery store to buy oil because off-brand, weak-ass tinfoil is like 10 bucks. I saw an 18-pack of eggs for $13. I, I walked in to the, to the Walmart like a few days ago. I bought standard necessities, Ziploc bags, tinfoil, eggs, some some pasta because I can't eat the real stuff and that has good protein in it. A singular pound of ground beef, milk, eggs, cheese. It, tell me why I walked out of there having spent seventy dollars 
7-D-7-0! My partner and I make $120,000 combined. $120,000. That's good. That should be okay. Like, we should be set. Took a lot of work and effort and resume building and all the good stuff to get here. Why are we both living paycheck to paycheck this is not sustainable we're uh, how are people gonna find a place to live how how are we supposed to continue to eat like forget about me because we're still living we're, we're kind of making it like it's it's not as horrible as it could be but what about these these young kids trying to start a life trying to get out of their parents house and be independent adults and and they can't they can't i saw this video over twitter and it struck me and hit me because i would say a month two months ago i tweeted out about egg prices the price of eggs i i just in all transparency, I, I've lived in a fantasy financial land for 25 years. And so I don't pay attention to the price of things. But things are getting so out of hand that I am noticing things. And so I shop for groceries over Instacart. And it caught my attention. Like, I got charged $7 for a dozen eggs. Hmm. Over, and I was like, wow, really? I said, and I was because I don't pay attention, I was like, maybe eggs have always been this expensive. So I went to Google and said, maybe I've been paying $7, you know, went to Google and found out, like, like no, no, two years ago, eggs were $1.50 for a dozen or $2 for a dozen on the high end. And, and when I tweeted this out, people were, you know, say, you shopping at the wrong place. And if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't be paying this or paying that. And now here I am two months later and people write newspapers, major media outlets are writing stories about the inflated price of eggs mm. and everything is up. And so and, and Cardi B has talked about this and she caught some heat uh, about a week ago, 10 days ago for uh, tweeting and talking about inflated grocery store prices. And she went out and put out an explanation. And, and you could sit there and say, well, what do wealthy people care? Yeah, blah, blah. And it's because it does, Cardi B's and her explanation didn't say this, but when you're helping out other people in your family because they're not as financially blessed as you, these inflated prices affect you as well. And you have to start thinking about them. And like, if grocery store prices have doubled, and everything else is escalated, doubled or tripled, and everything else is doubled or tripled, and your retirement income hasn't, or your job hasn't at the same level, people are really getting hurt and damaged by this. And then I went to the next level, and I'm gonna bring TJ Moe and Shamika into the conversation. I, I, it took me to the point where I'm like, this is what I was trying to explain to people about the 2020 election and Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. No one that I know thinks Donald Trump is some super great person, some Bible thumper, some 
perfect person. No, no I don't know anybody that thinks that. I know many people, though, that think his policies were superior to what the Democrats were planning, and the Democrats made it crystal clear under Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Janet Yellen, all these people made it crystal clear they were going to go with the modern monetary theory. And in 2020, I started explaining to family and friends the modern monetary theory that they were adopting and was going to become pervasive if the Democrats took uh, the presidential, if they took the White House. The modern monetary theory believes you can print, the federal government can print as much money as it wants, and there are no consequences to that. And anybody with a brain was like, well, that's going to cause inflation. It's going to benefit the rich. They're going to put so much money into circulation, and they're going to pass that money around the little club of elite rich people, and uh, things with prices would skyrocket, and uh, the, the the people at the top of the food chain, their salaries would skyrocket. Athletes, who any entertainers. That's why they're all getting paid. There's so much money poured into, and television ratings won't matter in professional sports because these, there's so much money out there in circulation that there will be no consequences for bad business practices, uh, bad, bad policies or anything. They just circulate the money amongst themselves and people would get rich in the stock market while the everyday working person would pay the consequences of the modern monetary theory, the printing of all this money. And that's exactly what's happening right now. You can't afford to go to the groceries because they printed so much money and escalated the prices of everything while your salary, your income has not escalated at the same rate. There are consequences to racial idolatry, gender idolatry, sexual preference idolatry, all these things that the left has sold you and all these conservatives and Donald Trump, they're all racist and they hate. And so vote for Joe Biden. And so you vote in all these leftist Democrats that have policies and theories that are destroying you. And you do it under the pretense of, well, if Donald Trump was in office, he don't like black people and he don't like whom, women or whatever. And so, well, you know, th this is pay paying $7 for eggs is better than having an orange president who puts out mean tweets. These are the consequences. How do you like paying these consequences for your uninformed, short-sighted, illogical decisions? Not here to make you comfortable. I'm here to put the truth in front of your face. I live and have lived for 25, maybe even 30 years, I can't do the math anymore, in a financial fantasy land. I'm single and I've made a lot of money. Th this doesn't impact me. It impacts you and that's why I'm talking about it because the world isn't about me. I'm fine, I don't have kids. If I starve to death, who cares? But you, with families, kids to raise and develop, you should care. This is ridiculous what's going on. 
This woman and her partner, she ain't got, doesn't sound like she got any kids, making $120,000 a year. They should live comfortably within their means. But if I'm paying $7, and, and literally, it's like, I'm like, man, the stuff I used to buy on Instacart that would cost me $90 is now costing me $200. Doesn't have real consequences for me, but for others, it'll have real consequences. TJ, I'm sure, you know, and you're doing well, you're in the real estate deal, but you got kids, another kid on the way, you got a wife. Y'all see and experience this, am I correct? No question, I, I think, well, that girl's video was still ridiculous. $120,000 still goes a long way, depending on, I mean, she's paying, going paycheck to paycheck with just two people. She didn't talk about having kids and all that. Dave Ramsey lives up the street here in Nashville. They need to go see Dave Ramsey and figure out how to budget. Um, but her overall point of this inflation being crazy is right on. The, the, I have a very basic understanding of uh, modern monetary policy. That was what I was pulling up here. The idea is that government debt means nothing and that they don't even think it, it matters to, to keep track of our national debt because the countries like the United States can sustain so much greater deficit than we have. It's just not a concern. They, they point to places like Japan. They say Japan's got all this national debt and our credit is good enough. So they say actually a small deficit or surplus can be harmful and cause a recession because deficit spending is what helps people with their savings, right? And so they have, it's a very weird setup. The traditional look of, of money is you gotta tax people in order to pay for stuff, for like infrastructure and such. And if you don't have that money, then you have to sell bonds in order to get that money. And you should never be operating at a deficit. We're so far past that at this point. Um, you know, we'll talk about Donald Trump, who I was a big fan of, voted for him twice, but also he lived like an ultra rich guy and a real estate guy who leverages everything. We were at $19 trillion in debt in 2016 when he took office. Yes, we spent a lot because of the COVID-19 stuff, but we left with $27 trillion. That's, that's the biggest jump in history during a four-year span. And so $5 trillion of that was during COVID, and, and I understand all that. But um, Royce has talked a lot about all of our unfunded liabilities, something like three, $400 trillion unfunded <laughs> liabilities. So. I care less about trying to solve that. I'll leave that to the guys with bigger brains than me like Royce. Um, but the everyday stuff, the, the people that I know, my, my, I've, I have two grandmothers right now that are trying to work through this. And we had them set up and we did their budgeting as such that, okay, if you make this amount per year, you're gonna be good for a while. You save this, you'll never have to go into your nest egg. That between this and Social Security, you're gonna be fine. And that plan is wrecked now because Social Security doesn't go up enough. It's always playing catch up. And so now they're digging into the little nest egg that they had before, and that's shrinking. So now they're making less money off that each year. I mean, it's crippling, all because people don't understand basic economics, usually in the name of social justice, and we gotta do this because some, it's unfair, and to, historically in the United States we've done this. I would hate to be in a, uh, in a state like California where they look into going into such, not just on a federal level, but on a state level, they are going to be so bankrupt. Illinois is another one. My brother lives there, and the stuff they're doing, it, it is outrageous, and we're all paying the price. Shamika, as a mother, uh, three daughters, and just someone living in a more financial reality than someone like myself, are you experiencing this? 
I certainly am. In 2020, the school system here gave every household food stamp cards. And in 2020, it was it just felt like free money. Like with my kids are home from school, it was great. Now, I'm feeling like a crackhead going to check the cards like you got any more of them stamps, you know, because yes, the food prices <laughs> have gone up. And, you know, we are here and I'm getting calls like I got a thousand dollars worth of stamps and I'm thinking, OK, I can't take a thousand. But let me call another family that I know is needing food and see if I take three or four. How much can they take? This is where we are now going back to today's when. You know, I know it's illegal to buy food stamps, but if I can get a hundred for fifty dollars, that's what I'm going to do because I need to put food on my table just like everybody else. And before the eggs started being so expensive, I remember yelling about the crab legs. Like crab legs have gone up. I know that Crab legs is like your hood rich if you can go out and splurge on crab legs. You used to see Asians coming over and they had the nail shops and then the beauty supply stores and then the Chinese restaurants in the hood. Now they're setting up, they have all of these, you know, crab places where you can go and get a crab bowl. This is what they're doing because they know black people, we love us a, a good crab bowl. Go put on our little apron, the gloves on. Crab legs have gone up almost double. So I know that people like myself and just people, you know, middle income or just regular folk, as I like to call them, we're feeling the crunch of the, ga uh, the gas and the, the groceries. And it made me upset because there was a lady that came into my grandmother's room and said, you hear Trump is running for president again. They always assume because you're black that they can just start, you know, saying whatever. And I said, oh, well, I'm a Trump supporter. And she was so shocked by that. And we started to talk about the, the prices and how prices were so high. And I'm like, you know, they weren't this high under Trump. And she goes, well, I'm not worried about that. We just have to keep him out of the out of the White House because Jesus is going to make a way for the food. Well, Jesus need to make a way for you to not be working second shift so you can be at home with your children, because right now you are here serving plates because Jesus, I mean, you struggling just like everybody else. And it just bothers me that people are so caught up in skin color and so caught up in whether or not Trump liked them, that they would be willing to spite their, you know, what is it? Cut off your nose to spite your own face. Why would you do that? Pay attention to what it is doing to your family and stop running to the polls just to get a sticker and to vote for the same people that don't give a flip about how you're going to be able to provide. That is a problem. And I think a lot of times, and I've said this before, you have women that I don't think take it as seriously because when you start to have trouble taking care of your kids, the government will give you a check. However, when men start to have trouble, the government puts them in jail. So I just think that we all have to start putting this message out here and stop lying about it. Prices are high. And listen, if you get a lot of food stamps, hit my inbox. My DMs are open. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, Jamaica. Uh, I got to keep it moving. I, I want to explain that to some of y'all that may not understand what goes on in certain communities. I don't, don't want to color it as black communities, but where there's a glut of food stamps, where the government has passed out so many of these EBT cards and people got $1,000, $1,500 on what people will do that have money, it's like, give me $300 worth of your food stamps, I'll give you $150. And so that's the hustle she's talking about, and it's pervasive, and it's from all of this money giveaway, and, and we've created a hot mess. Mm-hmm. We, we've created a hot mess. I'm gonna tell you one simple way to help, that you can help clean up the mess. Perhaps you should get a Patriot Mobile phone Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true, just like freedom itself. Nothing is free. Mobile phone companies not only look lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with the hidden fees. With Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get that same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Jason or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Jason. If you're fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company that does. PatriotMobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT. All right, stay right where you are. Royce White. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Screwed up a little bit. We're going to bring in Joy Pullman before we get to Royce White, because I want to set up the Royce White discussion we're going to have with Joy Pullman. She's an executive editor at The Federalist. She's an accomplished author. Her books include The Education Invasion, which is about the common core. She's a mother of six and has also authored books for children. Uh, Joy wrote something for the Federalist this week that was very interesting. Minnesota school systems seem to be on the verge of making it virtually impossible for teachers with Christian beliefs to serve as teachers in the state of Minnesota. Joy, welcome to Fearless. Thank you for taking the time. If you could unpack for our audience what's going on in the state of Minnesota as it relates to education and teachers and and who's behind this movement to basically 
prohibit, inhibit Christian teachers from serving in the state of Minnesota? Yeah, people I talked with in the state of Minnesota say this kind of came up on them suddenly because it's, of course, happening from one of these state agencies that, you know, very few people pay attention to. But basically, an arm of the State Department of Education has been working since 2019 on these regulations that essentially require teachers in Minnesota to be to uh, in their classrooms preach critical race theory and the whole transgender ideology. Um, they are not only required to teach this in their classrooms by these draft standards, but they are required, and I'm almost verbatim quoting here, to publicly affirm um, and support you know, these ideologies that are very clearly at odds with not only Christian Orthodox teaching, but also, of course, you know, basically any large and old world religion, including um, Islam and the Jewish faith. So you know, teachers will be required to positively affirm Firm, for example, you know that um, a man could turn into a woman, which is not only a front in an affront to science, but also to human dignity, as well as people's First Amendment protected religious beliefs. So I, I contacted um, the board uh, that is working on passing these changes, they're basically all, almost into place. They just have to pass one more procedural hurdle that is, you know, very likely that it will change anything. It's just a technicality. And then, you know, from going forward from that point in just a few months, all new teachers in Minnesota will have to protest, profess fidelity to things uh, that are against, you know, their religious beliefs, again, as well as reality, science, and their faith in order to become licensed teachers in Minnesota. You don't sound hopeful that there's any chance of stopping this. Well, there is uh, kind of one good thing, you know, once these are finalized, there are civil rights groups that I talk to that are planning to immediately haul them into court. But you know how court proceedings go, right? Um, the, the, um, this system may go into place while the many years of litigation proceeds. Um, and it also sends a really frightful message, you know, of course, in, in, in Minnesota that, you know, Christians, Jews and Muslims need not apply um, for jobs in the state's public school teaching system. The other, you know, thing kind of factor going on here is that the state's university system is already implementing all of these sorts of same ideologies throughout their practices. The Center um, of the American Experiment, that's a state-based think tank in Minnesota, has kind of documented already how, you know, even if ultimately after a many-year court battle, of course, this specific uh, requirement for new teachers in Minnesota doesn't go into place, which, you know, itself is an iffy proposition, um, even though, of course, I think they have a very strong constitutional case. Um, you know, that's already this has already been in place um, in the teaching colleges of Minnesota, both public and private, as well as, of course, for students of every other major. So, of course, there are good people who are fighting the fight against this, as I think they should do, you know, using their um, rights to, you know, to have their say in court. But it is kind of a dark day in America when you have it even possible that something like this could get into place, even though it's going to be sued um, by those civil um, liberties groups. Do you have any sense of how just rank and file ordinary parents in Minnesota feel about this? Are, are they supportive? Is, is this reflective of maybe Minnesota culture that that, that state wants this type of policy in their schools? Well, I'm actually partly laughing because I do have family who are longtime Minnesotans. 
And so um, I wouldn't say that the Minnesotans I know, and I you know, know a good number of them as a Midwesterner, um, would be in support of this at all. In fact, when it did become known that this agency was working on this, parents flooded you know, their public comment and their meetings with negative comments and the agency and in, in, you know, the administrative law judge on this case basically ignored all of them and just went ahead with the program. Well, Joy, thank you so much for your reporting on this story for the Federalists, because these are the type of things that normally just go on and they get ignored and they're not brought into any type of light. Uh, so hats off to you for exposing this and bringing this to our attention. And uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll ask you this. I, the only solution, I, I'm, I'm in a very cynical place. The, the only solution really seems to be homeschooling your kids. And, and what's unfortunate, I say this as a, as a black person, is that our divorce rate and illegitimacy mm. rate and marriage rate is so low, homeschooling's a really difficult option for us, mm -hmm. but, but that is the only solution. Well, I, I mean, I also do support, you know, um, Christian schools, and I actually think there's a huge role, and this is a, a call to action for the church, because, you know, the Christian church is supposed to be a place where people, you know, God says, uh, I mean, I'll just speak as a Christian here, the Bible says that God places the solitary, you know, within families. And so for people who do have a divorce or a single parent, you know, sin in their past, you know, the church is supposed to be there to come alongside them and help fill in those gaps, even though they are obviously obviously a challenge and people should try to avoid having them, right? So this is an instance in which the church absolutely, you know, they, they should have been paying attention all along and not thinking that everything is okay. If, you know, if you don't hear bad, it must be okay, you know? Um, and so I think that's part of the quietism in the church, the going along to get along that is part of Minnesota culture. There's um, this term called Minnesota nice, right? See no evil, hear no evil, you know? and, and Behaving like that gets you to situations like this. So, but you know, it is not a Christian behavior to see a need from your brother and to do nothing about it. You know, so if your church's children need good education, you know, they should be providing that with their own funds, with their own hands and feet. Um, you know, whether through homeschooling co-ops, through church, you know, through funding a private school for these kids. But children should not be left vulnerable and at the mercy of these systems. If there are Christians and churches in Minnesota and foundations who do care about their welfare. Joy, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Great job. Hopefully we'll have you back. We'll continue to follow your work. All right, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Hit notifications, hit subscribe. Royce White, our man, Morpheus, in Minnesota. We'll have him speak to this issue next. Let's roll out to Minneapolis, bring in Royce White, our man in Minnesota, Morpheus, as we like to call it. I do want to warn the viewers, we started a GoFundMe for uh, Royce earlier in the week so he could pay his heating and cooling bills in Minnesota, and he could take off the hat, the winter clothes that he normally wears on the show. Uh, we're now paying and funding for Royce to have heat in Minnesota, and so we expect him to be dressed, uh, you know, more casually or you know more properly he can take off some of those layers of clothes you know he, he, minnesota is basically an igloo town right now but we paid for royce's heat so let's see how royce is uh, dressed today royce uh, welcome to the show 
Oh, look, look. <laughs> look, we, look, this man done put a suit and tie on. Stunning. <laughs> Your wife laid them clothes out for you, Royce, I'm sure. Uh, I'm joking about the GoFundMe, but hey, Royce, I, I, I want to talk about the Minnesota school deal, but <clears throat> I do want to hear from you first. We, we were talking earlier in the show about the modern monetary theory and philosophy that the left, Joe Biden and his organization have adopted and it's contributed, all this printing of money has contributed to inflation, it has prices skyrocketing and everybody can feel it. And so my gut says that somehow the modern monetary theory relates to your narrative on the Federal Reserve. And so I, I'm wondering if, if, I, if my instincts are right if you if you can connect any of those dots or have a thought about any of that absolutely yeah absolutely it's all connected i mean that the the monetary policy and and the uh the fed and the international banking cartel are are uh, rightfully uh at the heart of much much blame uh the you know in the way that our modern society works from top to bottom uh, follow the money is 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 not just uh, some casual cliche phrase. It's it has merit. It has great merit. It has the most merit. Um, and according to Joy Reid, right, she says, "Oh well, the Republicans taught you guys the word inflation. The, the Republicans taught you Negroes the word inflation. That's not a part of the normal lexicon." I mean, she said that a couple of days before Herschel Walker's uh, runoff, I think, and. I mean, lexicon's not a part of the normal lexicon. So they show you this sort of grandiose, uh, you know, neoliberal, yuppie academia mentality towards the, the modern American citizen or the common American citizen. And the Fed uh, has been in charge in the uh, of the trajectory of the dollar since its inception 100 or some years ago. And, and ever since its inception, the American dollar has come down ex exponentially over time. And, and the American dollar is, is on the brink or on the precipice of crashing. If it wasn't for the American military, the American dollar would be in a lot of trouble. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. We have a huge GDP, $23 trillion a year or something like that. So we, we have an, a, a, a robust economy. But the problem is we print a bunch of money to pay for all of our expenses. You can't you can't borrow money or make up money out of thin air to pay for your expenses. If you printed money that was to reinvest in your economy, that'd be a totally different deal. And, and some would make the argument that that's what we should do to work our way out of the debt. I would actually make that argument as well, that what we should do is take the money that we need to print in, in, in the gap to reprioritize American manufacturing so that America can be a productive nation and take us from a debt society to an equity society. Somebody is deeply invested in us being a debt society. And because of that, we're $32 trillion in, in, in national debt. And it's not just us. Uh, you know, we, we're kind of the, the bastion of the whole, the whole experiment, but we have $173 trillion in unfunded liabilities here in America. And we have a, a $2.4 quadrillion dollar, uh, global bank debt. So the whole system is running on this interest and this usury and this sort of projection of futures and, and things like that. Uh, and, and it's, it, it's, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. So let me transition to the topic we were just discussing with Joy Pullman of The Federalist. 
she unpacked, uh, and I, I think you've read up on this, what's going on in the state of Minnesota and how they're going to make it more difficult for teachers with Christian beliefs or any religious beliefs to serve as teachers in the state of Minnesota. They're either gonna have to swear off their beliefs and promote the transgender, critical race theory, all the leftist theories and policies, or they're gonna have to resign their positions and, 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 and just move away from the teaching profession. You're from the state of Minnesota, you're a Minnesotan, you ran for political office in, in Minnesota. I asked Joy, uh, you know, is, is this move reflective of the culture of Minnesota? Is Minnesota so far left that this is what the populace wants? No, uh, Minneapolis or, or Minnesota's teachers may be, be, may be that far left. Uh, many of our politicians are that far left. Um, but, but I don't think this is a representation of what people, your everyday people in Minnesota actually want. Um, I don't think that many common people in Minnesota know uh, that these policies are being pushed, you know, underneath their noses or behind closed doors. And it's not that it's behind closed doors because it's right out in the open, but it, but it's hidden in plain sight, right? Most people are distracted by other things. They have they have other ambitions. They have other vices. They have other uh, priorities, I guess, other than their children. Uh, but this is the first righteous and divine war that needs to be fought. You know, we can talk about the Ukraine. We can talk about China. We can talk about the Middle East. We can talk about all of these places where we have these conflicts that actually end in real kinetic war. The first righteous and divine war that needs to be fought is in our school systems. And this is a prime example. There is no constitutional merit to pretend as though LGBTQ philosophy has not become religious in its nature. And when we talk about religion, we get hung up on what's the traditional idea of religion or religious and what's the, the modern uh, idea of religion or religious. But there's no doubt about it that the LGBTQ movement and secularism as a whole has become a religious movement. It's an anti-religious movement. And, and being anti-religious is not is, is not not religious. It's, it's just different than than historical religion. Uh, and, and that's a big problem. You know, we cannot allow teachers to have to believe that a little boy should cut his penis off or could cut his penis off in order to be licensed to be a teacher. I mean, it's 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 absurd beyond beyond imagination. You know, I think that I like your point that what they're doing is a religion, but because of our classical understanding of religion, no one's considering it a religion. But right. I, I would go a step even further. You, you got the atheist or whatever, but I also think there's a group of people that believe in Satan. They're Satanists, and that's a religion. And right. they're free to impose their point of view and will. There's no separation of Satanism and state. <laughs> it's, it's actually being embraced and, and we call it progressive or liberal or progress or whatever you want to call it. But, but, but you're a thousand percent right. I, I think that's a, a unique take or a profound take that what they're promoting is actually their religion. 
it, the, the, the entire modern ethos of the American citizen has become a religion secularism to liberalism to communism to globalism it's all one religion and it all has one common thread it's anti-god there's a reason why when when cardi b was rapping about uh drugging and and robbing men they gave her woman of the year but when she mentions inflation she's enemy number one i mean you know it 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 it, it it's a it is the 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 you know, the convergence of multiple ideologies. It's it's a coalescing of corrupt ideologies. That's that's the whole game plan. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole idea is to subtly and, and beneath the surface align a bunch of people across an anti-God philosophy. And you may not be explicitly anti-God like the atheists want to go, oh, well, you know, we don't hate Christians. We just don't believe that there's a sky daddy, you know, and it's kind of condescending like that. It's like, yeah, you guys are cucks, you know. Yeah, you're you're anti-God, you know, just cut cut the bullshit. Uh, you're, you're anti-God. And, and we know that because when the, athe- the atheists try and a lot of atheists try and play neutral. But as soon as you try and impose some some traditional Judeo-Christian values in any broad sense, uh, their red flags go off and you see their true colors in a, in a heartbeat. And many of them come from the scientific community, actually. And some of them are even conservative or uh, conservative leaning or, you know, as, as they would say. So, Royce, generally speaking, everything we talk about with you is so, you know, heavy and deep, uh, but it is Friday. And so I don't want people with these heavy thoughts at the end of their mind. I want to talk about something a little lighter, although true. You know, I joked at the beginning of this segment that, you know, we paid Royce's heating bills uh, and that's why he's, you know, dressed the way he is today. But. The reality is that uh, Royce has been watching the show all week and there's been a lot of talk about how good I look on the show. And I've mentioned that a lot of guys have been jealous, you know, ever since I dyed my hair and and have taken on this more youthful and rugged look. I've received a lot of jealousy and a lot of envy. And that's probably why I'm asking Royce, that's probably why you dressed up today to compete with me. It's it's not surprising. Hey man, look. Uh, actually, I, I'm be I'm be honest with you with you right now. Uh, this political stuff is 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 taking a little toll on my on my digestive system. So I've been having the craziest gastritis, and so I haven't been eating much in three weeks. And I was way overweight. Like from from MMA, I had tried to get I tried to get a little thin, be lighter. But I didn't feel like I had that punch. I didn't feel like I had that power. So then I tried to bulk up, and I got too big. I was pushing like 280 uh, and I and I probably treated mistreated my stomach. So for the last three weeks, I haven't been eating. So the test to see how much weight I've lost is to put on an old custom suit. Uh, so I usually wear suits all the time. It's just that in my MMA mode, uh, I'm back and forth from the gym so much outside in, outside in, and my good dress shoes here get, get messed up with the salt and the snow and all of that. So, you know, another thing is, Jason, and I, I didn't even know if I've answered your question. You look all right. But what I'm saying is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what I'm trying to say is everybody has an opinion Royce on me dyeing my hair go ahead and chime in my emails are lit up with people lighting me up about dyeing my hair go go ahead Royce sound off I can take it I mean I mean you know it it it, it, it's it's a questionable it's a questionable method I'll say that you know Uh, you you definitely don't need to I, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to be honest about it and be transparent that's a good at least you didn't show up 
on the scene with black hair and try to keep black hair for 40 years into your 70s and act like it was really your hair, right? That that would be dishonest mm-hmm. and real questionable. So, you know, do your thing. But you, you look great with the gray. You know, what wisdom is, is you know, wisdom is, and age is something that we should invite. Yeah, I got the grays in my beard. I wouldn't dare dye them. I, I want the whole thing to be gray. Well, that's because you're 30. One day you'll be 55 and <laughs> you'll be, people are hitting, someone hit me, you're just vanity, you're insecure, you're blah, blah. It's like, I can't wait for y'all to get 55. Jason, <laughs> you, Jason, uh, see, we're, yeah. we're supposed to keep it lighthearted, okay? And I'm going to say this as, as humorous as I can. Who would even think of it? Like, who watches this show with all of the stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis, the, the wide range of topics that we cover from <laughs> politics to sports to culture to God, religion, world events? Who would watch the show and walk away from it going, you know what? I'm going to send Jason an email about his hair, about his, his, his hair treatment. You people are jerk offs. That is a nothing issue. Don't don't talk about that's nothing to talk about. And like it's not even a real thing. Do you well, I did ask for the feedback. Do you remember uh, that way? Yeah. Joe Buck several years ago almost lost his his career doing hair plugs. Remember that? No. <laughs> he wrote a book um, talking about, you know, they have to put you to sleep. So they put he, he got hair plugs to like several times did it like yearly i think for for a really? time uh-huh and um his whole deal was he said you know i i gotta do it i'm on tv i can't be bald on tv or whatever he's like it was just vanity there's a lot of bald guys on tv but they one time uh when when they you know, put put a tube down your throat he's like i couldn't talk he's like i about lost it and you can hear him i can't remember if it's a world series or a super bowl that he was calling that he, he can hardly talk. I mean, it's so raspy, and he's like, I didn't get my voice back for six, seven months. So you, you TV people, <laughs> I'm telling you. I ain't putting no tubes. I just comb some, you know, dye through my hair, hop in the shower, and voila, I look magnificent. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Royce. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Uh, we'll catch up with you all next week. I'll hear tomorrow playing, so that means uh, we'll see you next week. Freedom.